I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That is way out of here. Pete Alonzo strikes at Wrigley Field to get the Mets on the board. Number 18 for Alonzo. And there was no doubt about it. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joining us now to talk about Major League Baseball and some key bets for the day, Sean Zarillo. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sean Zarillo, and you can also catch him on the Payoff Pitch podcast. Okay, Sean, so Pete Alonzo now has 18 home runs this season. He has a three-home run lead over the rest of the pack. First off, do you care that much about the home run leader market? And if so, yes, Alonzo is the leader at plus 350, uh, but is there perhaps value in looking elsewhere? Oh, I love the home run leader market. One of the first things I bet every season, one of the first things that you see pop up other than win totals in terms of prop markets. But if you go on my actionnetwork.com profile, I have written down my, my worst beat ever. And it was when I bet Josh Hamilton at, I believe, 40 to one to be the MLB home run leader. He was the favorite by the end of April and then ended up losing it, I believe, in the final two days of the season. So that was a sweat I will never forget, but a market that I still love betting into. You know, it's, it's tough to kind of project out which of these guys are going to go on binges, right? These high fly ball power hitters, guys like Pete Alonzo, who Fangraphs had a good article about the fact that Pete Alonzo may be the best home run specialist we've ever seen, which is an interesting way of thinking about him. Uh, But it's tough with these high fly ball hitters to predict when they're going to get hot and when they're going to carry it for a period of months. You know, I I have a lot of bets on Jordan Alvarez, RBI leader, home run leader from the preseason. I'm still expecting a month where he gets hot and hits about eight home runs. So, yeah, uh, you know, guys like Matt Olson, who I think are within the a somewhat reasonable range of maybe catching up to Pete with the hot months. Uh, Jordan, guys who I bet at the start of the season, those would be guys who, if I ran updated projections, would still be relatively close to the lead. So those are the kind of guys I'd be betting on. Olsen, Jordan, they were my two biggest preseason positions. At the risk of being a Mets show, Sean, I want to stick with your team for a quick moment because uh, last time we spoke, uh, we, we discussed Mets to miss the playoffs, and over the last week, they've won five of six. And what do we see? We see all five victories by one run. A couple of those being decided in extra innings. Are, are we still aboard the fading the Mets train? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Fangraph still has them missing the playoffs about 43% of the time, and now you can get those plus 200s out there. I, I basically said last week, I was looking for that plus 200, kind of timing it for when I expected their pitching matchups to get more difficult. They had Scherzer and Verlander run through the Guardians. But, yeah, their schedule through the All-Star break remains extremely difficult. So if you're willing to trust that Fangrass projection, I absolutely think there's value in the Mets to miss the playoffs still. A team that I think could maybe take advantage of that and work their way into the wild card race. Now, the math may not justify this as much, but the Chicago Cubs at about plus 425, plus 450 to make the playoffs, just watching the way they match up with the Mets in this series that's going on right now, 
especially once they get Cody Bellinger back, the Cubs have a very deep lineup. One through nine, there are no easy outs in there. Just the fact that they could hit Matt Mervis ninth, like how many teams could bring up a bat like Matt Mervis and not put him fifth, sixth, seventh in their lineup? The fact that they're hitting him ninth, I think, speaks to the depth and the quality of their lineup. Maybe not as many, like, true superstars that you might recognize, but the top four guys in that lineup all have made all-star appearances or are all capable of making all-star appearances with how Seiya Suzuki is playing. So I actually think the Cubs are interesting, and in terms of the weak spots that they would need to fix on their roster, the bullpen, I think that's probably the easiest thing that you can go out and trade for at the deadline. So the Cubs a team that I definitely think are going to keep progressing as the season goes. And like I said, if a team like the Mets falls out of it, it just opens up spots for other teams. I bet the Diamondbacks at about 4-1 to one to make the playoffs earlier in the season. Now the Cubs are in that price range, and I kind of like the way they're looking and shaping up. So considering betting that, just Fangraphs is the higher projection on them. They only have them at about 12 or 15%. So you, you would need something a bit more optimistic to get to that number. But yeah, anecdotally, I really like the way they're trending. Interesting. What about any division bets that you like? Um, is there anything that stands out to you right now? Yeah, you know, the fact that the Yankees keep closing down this gap on the Rays, I find very interesting. Uh, the Rays have an entire all-star caliber rotation on the IL. Glasgow, Springs, Rasmussen. I mean, it's been devastating what has happened to their pitching. At the end of the year, I still expect the Rays to be – on paper, probably the best team in the American League. If they have all of their guys together at the end of the season for the playoffs, even if they're missing one of Springs or Rasmussen, but they get two of them back, you know, with Glasnow or one of the back with Glasnow, I think they're still the best team on paper. They also have bats like Manzardo, uh, Curtis Mead coming up from AAA at some point who are going to make their offense even more complete. But for the regular season, with the way things are trending, I, I believe that gap was 10 maybe a week ago. And now the Yankees have gotten it down to five games. Kind of a similar thing with the, the NL Central. You know, that, that gap was maybe 10 games at one point, and the Cardinals have gotten it down to five. So the Cardinals, the Yankees, two teams, again, you know, preseason positions that I had that essentially you can just get better numbers now on. And I would imagine if I reread my numbers today, I haven't redone them in a while. But if I did do them today, based on, you know, uh, where I expect these rosters to end up, I would imagine those are two teams who – relative to where they are in their division, would probably be teams I would value. One team I do want to comment on, though, the Rangers, who do have a lead in their division. I was considering them, but then I looked at their schedule and realized they have played such an easy strength of schedule so far. They actually have the most difficult strength of schedule in, I believe, the American League the rest of the way. Yeah, 508 winning percentage is the oh, no. or second most difficult schedule. The Orioles are the only team ahead of them, but... The Rangers have played a very soft part of their schedule. I think that's why they padded up wins. I, I like them as a team. I think they can stick around for the wild card, but I would expect uh, Houston to overtake them at some point, assuming Jose Altuve isn't going to go back on the IL. I know he left the game yesterday. Yeah, big question as far as that's concerned. And uh, this sort of leads me into something else that I want to talk about as far as who else can make the playoffs out of the American League. Because I know every year it's a logjam around Memorial Day weekend, but it just feels like in the American League uh, it's much more so because the East is absolutely stacked. I mean, any one of those five teams uh, could very well make the playoffs. Obviously, the Rays you know, pretty much will. Uh, but the other four are very, very much in contention. And then you look at the American League West. We're talking about the Rangers. We're talking about the Angels. At some point, we think the Mariners might come back, perhaps. So as of right now, your make-or-miss playoffs in the American League, uh, who stands out to you as far as being a good bet? 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, so the first thing to comment on is the AL East and how loaded it is, right? We've never had a season where every team in a division finished over 500. Uh, it's kind of been impossible because of the schedule and the fact that every team plays every other divisional team 19 times. Now that it's 13 games, it actually is possible. I believe in 2005, the National League East, four of the teams finished over 500, and the Nationals finished 81 and 81. So it is theoretically possible, and this American League East is absolutely loaded. To be honest with you, the team that has surprised me most of the American League teams in the past couple weeks is the Boston Red Sox. I think with the way Chris Sale and James Paxton are both trending – getting their stuff back, if they can remain healthy, I actually don't mind what the Red Sox are building. They hit lefties and righties extremely well, top 10 offense against both splits. Again, a bullpen weakness potentially, but that's something that you can go out and fix more readily available at the trade deadline. Uh, But, you know, the offense, these offensive teams who are going to have these groups together at the end of the season, as we see these pitching injuries mount across Major League Baseball and the quality of Major League pitching deteriorating because we see more arms coming up for the minor leagues, it sort of just raises the floor for all of these offensive teams who can hit throughout their lineup. So a team like the Cubs who can go pretty deep and actually play defense too, a team like the Red Sox who are going to mash no matter who they're pitching, I actually think they're going to hold up pretty well over the summer months as the weather heats up and the ball tends to fly a little bit further. So the Red Sox sitting 26 and 23, I might've thought they were the fifth best team in the American league East coming into the year. I'm really not sure how to power rank these teams now, because it feels like the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, they're all kind of pretty close in my mind. I know the record's a bit different. I expect the Orioles to eventually regress towards where the other two are. I don't think the Orioles are going to win a hundred games, but. Yeah, the Red Sox have really surprised me a bunch of late, as have the Cubs. Sean, uh, the team that you're, you faded hard this year coming into the year, which uh, looks pretty good right now, they're getting bet, the the White Sox. We had Seamus McGee, lead trader over at BetMGM on the show yesterday. It's like they're betting them. They moved them from 200 to 150 for the World Series. In the last 10 days, they've moved them from 20 to 1 down to 11 to 1 for the division. So I ask you, Twins? are minus 300 favorites. Uh, you like the Guardians coming in. Which teams win the AL Central? Yeah, you know, the Guardians just suffered a lot of injuries that sort of lowered their ceiling as a team. Uh, top prospect, Eddie Ospino, I believe, had Tommy John. Uh, there was a boost that they were going to potentially get from a hitting prospect who also went down. So, and, and on top of that, guys like Emmanuel Clase have taken a step back. The Guardians are a team I've soured on throughout the year. The Twins have so much more pitching depth than they had last year. You know, getting maybe a breakout from Bailey over to a little degree. Uh, Joe Ryan, definitely a breakout. Adding Pablo Lopez. The trade of Pablo Lopez for Arise, I love Arise as a player. But the fact that they had Edward Julian sitting in their minors and were like, this guy's pretty comparable to what Arise was going to give us, let's... Add Pablo Lopez, just a very smart trade, and I think a good trade for both teams there. 
So, yeah, I, I, the Twins, you know, had a divisional lead last year, blew it, but it was mostly because they had ran out of pitching depth. This year, their offense is what's struggling, which is surprising, because they seem to have all of these bats that you would expect to get something out of, you know, Gallo, Karilov. Uh, I mean, they, they've had so many injuries, Trevor Larnock, Max Kepler, Royce Lewis, Nick Gordon, Jorge Polanco, all in the IL. I don't know what the timelines are for those guys, but with the pitching depth that they have, I actually think their floor is pretty safe, you know, in, in terms of being able to progress through a season and, and get to the end of it with enough wins to take it. So, yeah, a little mad at myself that I jumped off the Twins. I was on the Twins divisional prices last year at, I believe, like 4-1. to one. This year I was on the Guardians, but I also kind of hedged a little bit with the ten, Twins to make the playoffs. I, I'm still sour on the White Sox. I really don't see it. Uh, and, you know, my the reason I was skeptical of them coming into the year is that the chance that their roster could completely fall apart due to injury existed. It hasn't even really happened yet. They've just had a lot of bad performances. I know Eloy's been on and off the IL. Uh, they got Moncada back recently, right? But, yeah, I mean, the, the injury potential with that roster is still there, and it hasn't really fully hit them yet. They, the depth, once they lose main guys, just completely goes away. So you're betting on them staying healthy over the next four months and then potentially even taking a step forward from there. We got a good MLB card today, some good pitching matchups. What has caught your eye? Yeah, uh, definitely a bunch of overs on my card today. I don't know um, why that's the case. Normally, I find a lot of value betting unders. I monitor the totals market very closely and sort of through the season. Uh, early in the year, unders were hitting at a very high clip and the totals rose. Or I should say overs were hitting at a very high clip and the totals rose and unders were cashing in for a long period of time. The market eventually neutralized. And I sort of, you know, find days where I have a bunch of bets or a relatively comparable amount of bets on the over and the under. But the past couple of days, I've been very heavy to the overs. The White Sox Guardians over, the Dodgers Braves over, the Tigers Royals over, uh, the Marlins Rockies over, and the Mets Cubs overs. They're all bets for me today. A lot of my money line bets have moved out of range. Uh, I think the Reds are an interesting bet today just because of – Ben Lively is not somebody a lot of people know about. He was pitching the KBO, but I try to dive deeper – into these pitchers who have come over recently or come up recently and have limited major league samples. He doesn't have great stuff, but he does have pretty solid command, Ben Lively. So you look at some of the projections on him, they're about as bad as it gets for a major league pitcher. I had a difficult time getting the the Reds above about 40% at home today. So plus 150, plus 140-ish on the Reds, I think is a fine number to bet them at today. Uh, You know, not – not any series I'm particularly excited about betting against the Red Hawk Cardinals. And even my Mets, who I've been betting against recently, they seem to be catching a little bit of fire. There's just like this liver say die or, or uh, never say die attitude that some of these teams who are struggling have about them. So tough to handicap motivation, but, you know, based on pricing, I think the Reds are plus 140, making them plus 125. That's my biggest money line edge that stands out. I also like the Phillies today, too, though. Uh, Ranger Suarez against Zach Gallen. Gallen's line drive rate actually ranks very poorly. He's down there with guys like Rich Hill and Miles Mikolas and Lance Lynn. It's a scary list of guys that Zach Allen is allowing batted ball quality uh, down with. And I think, you know, his expected ERA being at 3.5, actual ERA at 2.9. Zach Allen may be a guy who got hammered in his last start, but actually still has a little bit of room to fall further. He's about a mid-rotation starter in terms of 
you know, where his actual indicators are sitting. Wow. Boy, th- th- these, that was the exact question I was going to ask you, too, was about Zach Gallon. It's like you're reading my mind. And we don't want to re- uh, succumb to recency bias. Just a few seconds left here. But are there any futures bets with Gallon you like? Or is it going to be fading him and looking elsewhere? No, you know, I think it's just like a short term. You can probably find value betting against him on the money line. I, it really stood out to me when I was, I was looking for Rich Hill numbers. And I was like, why is Zach Allen popping up on the same list as Rich Hill? This is concerning. So, yeah, it's, it's more <laughs> going to be a short-term fade. I do think the Cy Young races are pretty wide open, though. Good stuff, good stuff. Sean Zarillo, follow him on Twitter at Sean Zarillo. You can catch him on the Payoff Pitch podcast as well. Thank you so much for your time, Sean. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we play a little nickel or dime, and we save Aaron Hawksworth's life right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.